0: Welcome to the Eric
1: Erickson Show Podcast, Hour One. Well, sounds like Republicans in Georgia are killing school choice. Not only that, it looks like they're bailing on uh, protecting kids from sex reassignment surgeries. Uh, with Republicans like these who needs Democrats Welcome, it is Eric Erickson here It is a free-for-all on the phones Because it's Friday, the phone number 877-973-7425 Should you wish to be a part of this here program We must begin with the spectacular meltdown of the day I mean, so, I'll play the audio later I'm trying to limit the audio from CPAC uh, because they, they're, they've they gone off the rails, although <laughs> Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana remains fantastic. But, but uh, one of the things Mike Lindell posit I'll play you the audio later, but essentially he says uh, the media hates Ron DeSantis because the media really loves Ron DeSantis. They're trying to stop Trump by attacking Ron DeSantis because if they attack Ron DeSantis, it will build Ron DeSantis up. You know, I mean, when you believe that Hugo Chavez is dead ghost, body, whatever, zombie Hugo and, and the Iranians and Chinese got Dominion Voter System voting machines to steal the election, I have anything is possible in your sweet little head. But I have to tell you. I see this story from Vice News. This is the tweet. If Governor Ron DeSantis gets his way, and he likely will, diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts will be eliminated from every public college and university in Florida. That's right, friends. If DeSantis gets his way, and he likely will, diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts will be eliminated from every public college and university in Florida. I'm thinking, yes, that's excellent, good. They think it's a bad thing. The headline of the actual article, DeSantis cronies force college to close diversity office. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' hand-picked board of trustees voted to shutter new college's diversity, equity, and inclusion office on Tuesday, the latest step in a hostile takeover of the school and a harbinger of what Florida's entire university system could look like in a few months. The board... Which has a majority of DeSantis appointees, voted nine to three to abolish the school's Office of Outreach and Inclusive Excellence. Christopher Rufo, a right wing education activist and one of DeSantis's appointees to the board, argued during the meeting that diversity efforts undermine fairness. <laughs> Beside themselves. I mean, really, they're like, he's like Trump, but effective. This is horrible. I mean, it's gotten so bad that Charlie Sykes over at the left-wing bulwark is like, guys, guys, he's more acceptable than Trump. Come on. He should be more acceptable. And they're like, no, he's too competent. My goodness gracious. Meanwhile, they, let me give you a great juxtaposition. So this is DeSantis's, Florida. In DeSantis's Florida. They are shutting down diversity, equity, and inclusion offices on college campuses. Now, this is from the Wall Street Journal, from John Saylor in the Wall Street Journal. In 2020, the National Institutes of Health created the Faculty Institutional Recruitment for Sustainable Research Program the Faculty Institutional Recruitment for Sustainability Transformation Program, to, quote, enhance and maintain cultures of inclusive excellence in the biomedical research community. The program will give 12 institutions a total of 241 million taxpayer dollars over nine years for diversity-focused faculty hiring under the terms of the grants, only candidates who demonstrate a strong commitment to promoting diversity and inclusive excellence can be hired through the program. To apply, every candidate must submit a diversity statement. Through public records request, I acquired the rubric, rubrics for evaluating diversity statements used by the National Institutes of Health Programs. The University of South Carolina program currently seeks faculty in public health and nursing. The University of New Mexico's program seeks faculty studying neuroscience and data science. Both programs use virtually identical rubrics for assessing candidates' contributions to DEI. The South Carolina and New Mexico rubrics call for punishing candidates who espouse race neutrality. Dictating a low score for anyone who states an intention to ignore the varying backgrounds of their students and treat everyone the same. Applicants who are skeptical of DEI programming might choose to describe their commitment to viewpoint diversity. This too runs afoul of the rubrics, which maintain a low score for any candidate who defines diversity only in terms of different areas of study and different nationalities, but doesn't mention gender or ethnicity and race. So in Florida, under Ron DeSantis, they're getting rid of diversity, equity, inclusion offices. In Washington, under, wait for it, wait for it, pay attention to this, pay attention, under Donald Trump. That's right. This is Donald Trump's National Institutes of Health. This is the NIH in 2020, when Donald Trump is president of the United States. Creating Donald Trump's National Institutes of Health created a Faculty Institutional Recruitment for Sustainable Transformation Program. It's Donald, Health's, Donald Trump's National Institutes of Health that decided any candidate that says everyone should be treated equal should be punished. It's Donald Trump's National Institutes of Health that says uh, if you decide you're going to treat students the same, regardless of race, if you say that, you should be disqualified from the program. Yeah, that's right. That's Donald Trump's administration in 2020 did that, not Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is is saying, no, this can't be blamed on Joe Biden. This was when Donald Trump was president. The man who platformed Anthony Fauci allowed the National Institutes of Health to do this. And you can say, well, they did it without telling him. He's the president of the United States. Do you think this stuff has flown under the radar with DeSantis? You get my drift here? Donald Trump plans to attack Ron DeSantis. It's a three—it's a five-pronged attack. He's going to attack DeSantis for his past support for changes to Social Security and Medicare. He's going to attack Ron DeSantis for disloyalty to Trump after he helped DeSantis get elected governor. He's also going to pound on his likability related to that. He's going to attack Ron DeSantis' response to COVID. He plans to attack DeSantis's caution in the early days of the pandemic. He plans to attack DeSantis for ordering closures in Florida, which is kind of a novel thing considering Donald Trump attacked Brian Kemp and Ron DeSantis both for reopening their states. He plans to attack Ron DeSantis for muddled comments about Ukraine. What's so interesting here is that the Trump team is telegraphing their attacks on DeSantis. It is people close to Trump saying these things. Um, Y'all... Notice you don't have a telegraph response of DeSantis. You, you don't have what DeSantis' response is going to be. You don't have DeSantis' team members leaking. That's kind of a, a a warning sign here for the Trump team. They've always done this, but more so of late, people around Donald Trump think they know best, and they start leaking things to the press. They start giving away the game. Now, I realize there are some of you out there right now saying, they're fooling them. They're just distra. That's not really the plan. They wouldn't tell the media this. Oh, yes. They would. Donald Trump told a reporter how he liked to grab women by their you-know-what. Of course he's going to go out and brag to everybody. What his plan is going to be against Ron DeSantis. Of course they're going to do it. What's notable here is nobody from Team DeSantis is leaking in response. We're starting to see the contrast being drawn here. But what we're also starting to see is... We've got a few Republicans willing to actually fight the DEI nonsense now. There's a big donor retreat down in Florida. Uh, Ron DeSantis has been hanging out with some of the Club for Growth folks. They were reported saying that uh, he accused some Republicans of being like potted plants, just sitting there doing nothing. That the Republicans, they're not willing to engage, they're not willing to fight, they're willing to let the media define the battleground, let the media define the candidates, they're not willing to fight. That sounds very Trumpian. It's also interesting how they intend to, uh, if one Club for Growth really seems to be going all in with DeSantis. Now, he's not technically the only one, but it appears that the Club for Growth is aligning very quickly with DeSantis. And they do have cloud in the primaries with a lot of donors, some of whom I'll be seeing tomorrow. Some of whom will be coming from Florida to Las Vegas for this meeting I'm going to. Uh, And there's this growing love fest there. And part of it is cultural. I mean, when you have vice media melting down that Ron DeSantis is actually shutting down DEI organizations on campus, that's kind of a big deal. It's intriguing. That the media doesn't know what to make of this. They're torn. Say what you will about the divide on the right, But right now, DeSantis is scoring a lot of points on cultural critiques of the country on using the Florida legislature to push back against excesses of the left. And I got to tell you, there are some people I know on the right who say this this isn't very conservative. What is not conservative about preserving Western civilization? What is not conservative about preserving the culture? I mean, I've, I've got some friends who say, oh, conservatives, you shouldn't be telling school boards what they can and cannot teach. Why the hell not? That's what the left does. Why can't conservatives say, here are the standards for education that you should teach? Why, why can't they? What, what, why is that not conservative to say, teach these things, not those things? You know, there is a critique some people have, and I think it's it's overused and too broad and, and ill-defined. But in situations like this, I think it's valid that oftentimes when conservatives finally figure out how to navigate and fight back these cultural fights, there are some on our side like, ah, you, you can't really fight like that. I don't think you should broadly use government. I think a government you can drown in the bathtub is the best-sized government. But also, when the left has captured so many of the cultural institutions of America and captured corporate America, sometimes the only thing you have is what you have, and that right now for a lot of us is state governments. And if we can't use our power there and and do so carefully— we're not advancing new conservative institutions. We're rolling back existing institutions. We're not creating new things. We're just deleting existing things. That should be very conservative. We're deleting institutions. We're not adding institutions. You start adding institutions, well, then the left adds institutions. You create all sorts of precedent. You start deleting left-wing institutions. When the left comes in, they start deleting right-wing what are the right-wing institutions in government what are the right-wing institutions in academia that they're going to be deleting and if they do delete them guess what it reduces the size and scope of government that seems like a win-win so my kid has a queen-size bed we've got a king-size bed we got him bull and branch sheets and he's used them he had like kid sheets and now he's old enough he doesn't want the the action figure sheets anymore Well, we got lost because, I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen-size sheets, and they got put in our closet, and the kid was in despair. We got him Bowling Branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer, and he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of and Branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. My goodness, my seriously, my kid—he's uh, like, my sheets are for kids. I'm I'm grown up now, and uh, it's just a a step of quality above what he had. And now he's like, can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde, other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress, too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed, and it fits. It doesn't, like, bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order, Bowling Branch Sheets, when you use promo code ERIC at BowlingBranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's Boland Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-Branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson. And yes, you can call in 877-973-7425. To the phones we go, Stacy. you're up first. Welcome.
0: Hey, Eric. My question is going to be, how does the left mobilize so quickly to defeat common sense legislation? I live in a county north of Atlanta. Our school system just had to pay out over $100,000 in legal fees for violating the right, uh, First Amendment rights of parents who are trying to read explicit book content at the school boards. Our Georgia legislature put together a bill in the Senate to close the loophole in Georgia law. In Georgia, it is illegal to provide harmful material to minors, except in a school library. It makes common sense to close that loophole. Twenty senators supported it. But the left mobilized so quickly, filled the committee rooms, and, you know, I find out about the committee hearing maybe 30 minutes before it starts. How can I drive an hour and stop my life to go and support How, how does the left mobilize uh, you know, so quickly to defeat common sense legislation? So there are
1: a number of progressive groups uh, that have been set up in the state of Georgia, and they all have text message groups, email lists, and they trade information very, very, very quickly. And because you are a conservative, uh, you probably have something of life something to do during the day, maybe a job, maybe have kids in school you're working with. And a lot of these are are single left-wing activists who live in midtown and downtown Atlanta, so they can uh, skip work uh, and show up and raise hell and scare the Republicans in the legislature. Republicans, all of you nationwide need to know this. Republican legislators in Georgia are caving on school choice, they are caving on protecting kids in schools. They are caving on protecting kids from transgender activists. They are caving. They are capitulating. Uh, they, it, it's appalling watching what's going on. Uh, there need to be some some bloodletting in primaries, figuratively speaking. Uh, some of these people really need to be driven out of the state house and the state senate in Georgia. But what happens is progressives actually have a very good network of organizations it's I'm actually very impressed with it. And they are able to mobilize people to committee hearings. They're able to mobilize people to show up for protests very, very quickly. A lot of them, uh, particularly if you're we're talking about Georgia, the state capital is in downtown Atlanta. A lot of the conservatives live outside the perimeter. it's it's thirty, forty five minutes to an hour to get down there. And the progressives are within walking distance. So they can show up. But here's the thing. Republicans should not be cowered by this show of force. And yet they are. They've redistricted to lock in their gains. Many of these people are not uh, These aren't their constituents. I don't understand why they keep being cowed by these people. It's I I, I guess I'm going to have to do another WSB only show and, and call out some of these people who keep caving. Um, it, but we, we've we seen this around the country, and one of the things that Donald Trump showed people that was good is that if you stand and fight, you oftentimes can win, and a lot of Republicans don't. That's Ron DeSantis' cr- uh, criticism of a lot of Republicans down in Florida at this Club for Growth retreat is that Republicans behave like potted plants. They just sit there and let the media and the left define the terms of the debate, and then they run scared uh, if they run at all. They just kind of sit there and do nothing like a potted plant. He's right? If anything, the last 4 years should have taught us conservatives actually want some street fighters to fight and win. Hi there. It's me. You should you should recognize my voice. So Jim and I were just having this conversation. I apologize for releasing our confidential conversation in studio. So it's it's employee appreciation day. <laughs> we got pizza. Uh, They didn't appreciate us enough for drinks, apparently, just pizza. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, when when you get like 200 emails that say we appreciate you, it kind of makes you think someone just put in a template and forgot. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. It's okay. I feel appreciated. I I got my slices of pizza. You know, if you fold them over, it makes a sandwich and your fingers don't get greasy from the cheese because you got crust on both sides. All right, we got to move on here. Um, This is kind of nuts. Jesse uh, Singel, who um, used to be at New York Magazine, he's not a conservative, but he is certainly not woke. He has uh, taken on the trans issue. Uh, Eric Whipple is from the Washington Post. The New York Times, you will note. Uh, has written a number of things that explicitly suggest some of the science behind the transgender movement isn't actual science. It's more pseudoscience. And they've noted that Sweden, uh, Norway, Finland, the U.K., France, Germany are slowly walking back from uh, their uh, prior positions on the issue. They're winding down uh, children's uh, sex reassignment surgeries and things like that. Things that the left says don't happen, but then when you point out they do, they tell you, well, of course they're good. Well, if you will recall, transgender activists, including some employees at the New York Times, attacked the New York Times newsroom claiming they were advancing pseudoscience, claiming they were harming people and causing violence and mental distress and harm towards the trans community by reporting factually – On what's happening around the world with this movement and daring to report on people who had detransitioned the Times to its credit, though, a very liberal organization actually has run stories on people who detransitioned and talked about how they were very offended that they they lopped off body parts because doctors convinced them that that would cause them to to find a relief for their mental stress, and it didn't, and they eventually detransitioned, and they feel like they've been had. They've been scammed by a society that, that is going off a cliff, and the Times covered them. They've def- uh, printed voices covering J.K. Rowling and defending J.K. Rowling. Well, Eric Whipple from the Washington Post notes that according to a New York Times spokesperson— One of the New York Times' employees was recognized in public. The person who recognized the employee said something about attempts to eliminate trans people and then spat on the employee. The date of the incident was February 19th. I want to read you comments from online trans activists about this tweet. The first... It's almost like there are consequences for your actions. Another, well-deserved. Another, talk. The S-word, get spit. Another, they should be grateful it was just spit. Another, as a society, we need to do better. Next time, throw hands. another, Listen, you might not like living in constant fear of it being known you write anti-trans defamation for the New York Times, but these are difficult conversations that have to be had right now. Another. Good. Another. We love to see it. Another. Did any of the employees that signed the letter get spit on? I don't know. Maybe there's a clue there. See, the New York Times newsroom was bullied by the New York Times Employees and the New York Times Union and the New York Times newsroom pushed back with a letter saying, This is news. These are facts. These are indisputable facts. Journalism does not mean we don't hurt your feelings. Journalism means we report the news that's happening around the world and this is happening and this is subject to debate. There is no consensus. And now they're being spit upon, spat upon in public. And activists are encouraging people to do this. Now, okay, when Donald Trump when Donald Trump called members of the press enemies of the people, the entirety of the press corps was outraged, screamed about terrorism and the whatnot. And the media all had each other's back and went after Donald Trump. And now you have New York Times reporters assaulted, spit upon, threatened, and harassed for accurately reporting on news and presenting in its editorial pages a diversity of voices on an issue that is contentious. And a lot of the media doesn't care because it's left-wing activists, and you can never be too far left for the media. Now, we got we got other stuff we got to talk about. We got other stuff I want to talk about, William Barr, Bill Barr. We'll take your phone calls as well, 877-973-7425. Uh, I'm glad to see this. This is from the New York Times, uh, rather than the Wall Street Journal. This is an opinion piece from William Barr, former Attorney General of the United States. This relates to a topic I've been on several times already in the last few days. America can no longer tolerate narco-terrorist cartels operating from havens in Mexico. Their production of deadly drugs on an industrial scale is flooding our country with their poison. The time is long past to deal with this outrage decisively. Representatives Dan Crenshaw of Texas and Michael Waltz of Florida have proposed a joint resolution giving the president authority to use the U.S. military against these cartels in Mexico. This is a necessary step and puts the focus where it must be. Overdose deaths each year, more than 100,000, exceed the number of Americans killed in action during the bloodiest year of World War II. But the devastation from drug abuse goes much deeper. A 2017 analysis accounting for the costs of health care, criminal justice, lost productivity, and social and family services estimated that the total cost of America's drug e- epidemic was more than a trillion dollars annually, or 5% of gross domestic product. Given the explosion in illicit drug deaths since then, this estimate now seems conservative. Almost all illicit drugs coming into the U.S. are controlled by the Mexican cartels, principally those based in the states of Sinaloa and Jalisco. These paramilitary organizations use bribery and terror tactics to entrench themselves as essentially states within states, controlling large areas of Mexico. They become so powerful, they can confront the Mexican government with the narco terrorist stark choice plata o plomo, silver or lead. If they can't buy off officials, they try to cow them with threats of violence. An anti-drug strategy that leaves the drug supply chain untouched will have minimal impact. Real progress requires aggressively attacking the drug supply at its choice, at its source. The head of the snake is in Mexico, and that is where the main thrust of our efforts must be directed. Experience in the early 90s proves this. When the U.S. and Colombian governments jointly, in an all-out attack on the Medellin and Cali cartels inside Colombia, successfully eliminated them. Unfortunately, in the mid-90s, we pulled back from this kind of extraterritorial engagement. Mexican cartels have flourished because Mexican administrations haven't been willing to take them on. The exception was President Felipe Calderon, who wanted to go full bore against the cartels, but American priorities were elsewhere at the time. Afghanistan and Iraq. Today, the cartel's chief enabler is President André Manuel López Obrador, known as AMLO. When he came to power at the end of 2018, he announced the switch to a policy of hugs, not bullets, and shut down counter-narcotics cooperation with the U.S. Under strong pressure from President Trump, he occasionally engaged in a high-profile operation to create the illusion of cooperation, but those were smoke streams. In reality, AMLO was unwilling to take action that would seriously challenge the cartels. The goal isn't a perfect Mexico. Our objective must be to degrade the cartels to the point that Mexican governments can muster the will and the wherewithal to keep them in check. We can't get caught in the trap of nation building. Attempts to reform Mexico's institutions and surmount its pervasive corruption will get nowhere as long as cartels hold the dominance they do. The cartels have Mexico in a python-like stranglehold. American leadership is needed to help Mexico break free. We can't accept a failed narco state on our border, providing sanctuary to narco terrorist groups, preying on the American people. Now, some of you will say you were the attorney general of the United States. Why did you do nothing when Donald Trump was president? You should know Bill Barr was on Donald Trump's side when Donald Trump wanted to use military force to target the warehousing facilities and manufacturing facilities for fentanyl. William Barr was on Donald Trump's side. It was the American military and intelligence operations that no 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 we we can't do that. We got to work with AMLO. We got to work with Mexico. He like Trump was undermined by the deep state. Y'all I don't suggest we launch Tomahawk missiles from American warships. And make it very obvious. No, 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 no. Send people down. Send the SEALs or someone down into the jungles of Mexico. And wage war. A private, quiet war. Send them to the jungles of Mexico. It's good training, too, to fight Al-Qaeda in the jungles of Africa. Send them to Mexico. Send them to those jungles. Let them blow up the facilities that are hidden underground in the, in the jungles. We know where they are. Train our satellites. Follow the patterns of people. Begin building a map of who's who. And take out those people. Go to war with them. A surreptitious, quiet, proxy war. You're actually going to war against China because China provides the raw materials to the drug cartels take them out, wipe them out, annihilate them, cause havoc and instability, so much so that the Mexican government becomes emboldened. See, the Mexican government's here. They're outgunned, they're outmanned, they're outpowered. You start taking away the drug lord's power, that's what William Barr says, you start taking away their power, the Mexican government's military and and police feel then emboldened to join the fight, and they will work. But right now, they don't want to die, they don't have the back, of the the government doesn't have their back, they're outgunned, they're outmanned, they're outnumbered, you start winding the numbers down of the drug cartels, you start making a difference, we go to war with the drug cartels privately, quietly, surreptitiously, we do it, it works, we can clean this mess up but we're going to have to take the fight to them. They brought the drugs to us. We must take the bullets to them. Great group that's out there fighting for you, fighting for the conservative movement fighting for the Second Amendment movement, fighting for the pro-life movement as Patriot Mobile. How do they do it? They take their profits as a cell phone company and contribute a portion to the conservative causes you care about. How do they do that? Well, they get you to bring your business to them. You take your existing phone number to them or get a new phone number from them, and you get guaranteed great service. The cell towers you're using right now with your existing cell phone, Patriot Mobile probably already uses them. All you do is go to PatriotMobile.com Eric, PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Or you can call them. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. You call them at 972-PATRIOT. You tell them Eric sent you. You get free activation. You can talk to them about their great discounts. If you're a veteran, if you're a first responder, if you're an NRA member, if you're a teacher, if you've got a lot of lines because you've got a number of kids and they all need cell phones they are at that age, well, Patriot Mobile can cut you a deal. They give you great discounts, and then they take a portion of their profits. They give it to the causes you care about. They are run by a group of Christian conservatives who care about this country but they need your business to help them grow the movement. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972 Patriot. Hello there. Welcome. You should be getting my daily email. If you're not, shame on you. Text Eric, E-R-I-C-K to 33777 and the top link, click it. You can get the email. You should get the email. Uh, you should You should get my piece this morning on Ukraine. I've opened it up for everybody. Uh, All right. Let's see. I got time. I want to go to a phone call to Susan. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just have a quick question for you for your legal opinion. Um, All these kids that are um, are now calling themselves trans children and all this. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just wondering if they, you know, kids go through periods of confusion and and things like that and and if if certain people get a hold of them during those periods and especially with kids that are, are questioning their sexuality um, they might kind of kind of channel them into the root of eventually transitioning with the physical surgery and everything mm-hmm. look uh, and, this is happening right and but the thing is, is that these are professionals. A lot of them are medical professionals. I mean, they're MDs or they're PhDs. They're, they're, you know, psychiatrists, uh, psychologists. Um, what's the chance, because you know, a lot of times people will go through all this and they realize, gosh, you know, they feel like they were kind of pushed towards that. They go through it and it did not fix their problems and they realize, and, and they then they can't have children. I mean, they've, you know, these are some life changing, permanent things that are done. What do you think is a possibility that there'll be a slew of malpractice? I, lawsuits? I absolutely
1: think there will. Um, I I think you're going to have, particularly in conservative states, uh, one of the one of the things that's being floated, frankly, right now, is that uh, you should expand the statute of limitations for malpractice lawsuits for people who have uh, detransitioned, so that they can sue the doctors who uh, encourage them to transition, and I personally think they should do that. It would serve as good deterrence, if nothing else, for the future, They because this is a documented phenomenon. This really is happening. It is being documented so much so in European countries in particular that they are rolling back a lot of their um, pro-gender-conforming uh, surgeries, as they call it, the euphemism there, sex change operations gender-conforming surgeries. They're rolling back a lot of their prior support for that. In Great Britain in particular, uh, you used to get in a lot of trouble up until very recently if you called someone who had transitioned by their biological sex. You could get in trouble, like literally be fined by the police for calling a man a man if the man now identified as a woman. That's all starting to fade away now as they realize what's they've been played. They've been played by an aggressive lobbyist group uh, that's deeply, deeply hostile to normalcy and common sense. And there's a, there's going to be a lot of fallout. You know, I, I say all the time, we we're this is a madness that's burning like a wildfire in the country. Eventually, the wildfire runs out of fuel and stops burning. But how many people burn up in the fire before it runs out of fuel? How many people serve as fuel to the fire? A lot. Speaking of Hershey, in Canada, has decided to announce a, a new campaign in celebration of International Women's Day. Her for she that's the hashtag. Her for she. H e r f o r s h e. They've got several men doing the advertisement who are very clearly men, like like really clearly men. And they're claiming that these are women and uh, the the Adam's apple begs to differ. I'll put it to you that way. And Hershey's deciding to go woke in Canada. They're not doing it here. They're going woke in Canada. They know their market in Canada. My goodness gracious. When we come back, I want to talk about the Alex Murdoch case. Uh, But before I do that, I got to talk a little bit more about a piece by Peggy Noonan That's probably your must read of the day. And it's really worth reading a little bit of it and talking about this. It's on the COVID vaccine, not the COVID vaccine, on on where COVID came from and the expert opinions that denied where it was coming from.